Welcome back to Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. Here we'll discuss tools and ideas that help parish leaders and parishioners live their Catholic faith daily. Every month we'll cover a variety of short topics across a broad range of products and services, all offered by diocesan. We'll explore topics related to community, communication, and connection, all guided by this year's liturgical calendar. Discover, transform, journey, and prepare. The topics are designed to help you best serve the people entrusted to you at your parish. And now, here's your host, Mr. John Cardenas. Hello, John. Hello, John Cardenas here, and welcome to episode number six of the Catholic Life Everyday Podcast. With me today is Tommy Schultz. Hi, John. How are you doing? Good, brother. How are you? It is great to be back with you, my friend. <laughs> great to have you back. And if I'm not mistaken, you're a new papa in this crazy world. Bring in my child. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know. I am. Yes. Three weeks in. So that's why I've got the bags under my eyes. But it is a joy. Life is a blessing. Blessings to you. Blessings to your wife. And God bless. What's your son's name? I got to ask. Gabriel Michael. So we named him after the Archangels. Oh, he meant to that. And we're hoping he picks Raphael as a confirmation thing. <laughs> we can't force it. So. Hey, we can't force it. It's all in God's hands. That's awesome. So again, yeah. thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful to have a new life in this world. So God bless. For all of you attending today, we have a very special guest, Father Mike Schmitz, Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries in the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota as well as the chaplain for the Newman Center at the University of Minnesota. Father Mike is also known for his internet presence on YouTube, especially his popular podcast, The Bible in a Year. And he offers weekly homilies. For those of you that didn't know, he offers homilies on iTunes and bulldogcatholic.org. I didn't know that. So, hey, news to all of us. But again, great homilies. He has also been a speaker at various Catholic programs for youth and young adults through Ascension Press. Steubenville, and since 2015, Father Mike has been involved in Ascension Presents, offering free short videos by providing engaging content to reflect on not only the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, today, Father Mike will be offering his perspective on the importance of retreat in this busy world we live in today and how Steubenville conferences can help your community through a powerful encounter with Christ. Before we get started, Tommy, but wanted just to ask you a few questions before Father Mike joins us this afternoon. You spent some time at Steubenville conferences, if I'm not mistaken, in the past, correct? Yeah, goodness. So if some people don't know this, I actually went to Franciscan University. And the reason I went there is because of the Steubenville conferences. So my freshman year of high school, I was in, I was at one of those moments in life where I was like, I was the good Catholic. I knew catechism quotes and I grew up homeschooled in a very Catholic community, very Catholic family. And so I knew like the teachings of the church, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't really know God very well. I knew like the book, right? I had memorized all the things I had to get a good grade. And so it was freshman year of high school that we did a Steubenville retreat. Our youth group did a Steubenville retreat. And I went there and had a very profound conversion and went every single year of high school, absolutely loved it. Obviously the time of adoration, for those who haven't been, there's a big night of adoration. Really there's a, a smaller one on Friday and then a larger one on Saturday over the weekend. And 
you just get to spend time with the Lord, praising with other people who are like-minded, who are Catholics, who are in the world. And that's really the great thing about it is that you just get this time with peers and you get this time with the Lord. And yeah, my freshman year had this profound conversion. And from there, just loved the conferences, decided to go to the school from there. And then for four years during college, I actually worked at the Steubenville conferences doing sound and video for the conferences on the main campus. So I am quite well familiar with the conferences. For those of you that just joined our session via Zoom, we're going to have Father Mike today talk about the Steubenville conferences and the importance of retreat. Tommy, before Father Mike joins, will you give us your take on retreat? Yeah, thank you, John. You know, we're living in this crazy time, obviously, everything. We're in this post-COVID world. And I always joke with people having a brand new baby here in the house. I look around at all my friends and family members and everyone's just crazy busy. You've got sports, you've got school, you've got extracurricular stuff. My brother's in a play right now and uh, it's show week. So every day they've been there from 10 to 10 practicing it. He's homeschooled, so he can do that. But it's just all this stuff. Like life is crazy busy and we have all this stuff coming at us. And I think that's blessing of this idea of a retreat, that it's not just going and being with other people and enjoying a spiritual experience, but there's something about this idea of just rest, of peace. And there's something about this idea that's very spiritual, very of God. Because even right from the beginning, we go back to Genesis and we see that God rested. He didn't need to rest. It's not like he was exhausted from building the earth because obviously he's perfect and he doesn't need these things, but he's giving us the example. He's, he's showing us the way that, that he's building and he's creating and all of this stuff is good. And finally on this last day, there is rest, there is peace. And uh, so I think of my friends and all these kids in sports and I, I always joke, I'm like, yeah, Gabe, our little baby Gabe, Gabriel Michael, I'm like, he's going to do one sport. And if he stinks at that sport, he's out and we'll find him a new sport. But we're not going to be that family with, you know, our kids in eight sports or something. And then I say that now. And of course, he'll grow up and I'll be like, son, you can do whatever you want. We'll drive you all over the earth. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, it's just this idea of we're busy. We need to retreat. We need to take a break. We need to recharge our batteries, especially in the spiritual life. And that's, I think, the great thing that the Steubenville conferences really do have to offer is. It gives not only teens, but also what I want to focus on too, because largely our audience here today is people in the parishes who might be leading Steubenville retreats. You might be leading a group at your parish, which God bless you if you are. Thank you for that. So it's not just for the teens, it's for the adults as well, but it's this idea of life is busy and sometimes we just need to go, we need to pray, we need to rest. So I think that's something great that Steubenville conferences really can offer. Thank you, Tommy, for your thoughts. And it looks like Father Mike just logged in. So we want to welcome you, Father Mike, to the Catholic Life Every Day. I'm so grateful. I'm so glad that I'm able to be with you guys. Well, I know time is of the essence. We know how busy you are. So before we dive in, would you mind leading us in prayer this afternoon? Yeah, be a great name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, we give you praise and thanks. We give you, we ask that you please receive in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, receive our thanks. Uh, for this day, for the new day, receive our praise for you are faithful and you uh, continue to love us in our weakness and our brokenness. You continue to lift us up in our tiredness and when we fall in your mercy. We thank you, please, in the name of your son, Jesus, Father, receive our thanks. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit to bless and anoint this conversation, all those who are listening to it, all those participating in it. Lord God, that people who, who serve, uh, 
faithfully day in and day out may just be rejuvenated by this moment of, of rest, moment of break, and even maybe a moment of just inspiration and guidance. We ask you to please anoint and bless this conversation, all those who are part of it, all those who are listening to it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Father. Father, I got to start off by saying, by the way, my name is Tommy Schultz. This is John Cardenas. We both work for Diocesan, a Catholic communications company. So happy to be with you. We have a, a relationship with the Steubenville Conferences. We have the official app of the Steubenville Conferences, my parish app. And so we'll talk a, a little bit about that at the end. Um, yeah. But what I'm talking about. It's always fun to use at the conferences. Oh, what's that? Really? My parish app's always fun to use at the conferences. Oh, that's great. great. <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. So what I want to start off with is just personally thanking you because you are the reason that people think I know anything about the Bible. So I am, uh, I'm teaching an Old Testament class right now, and I am stealing all of your content and awesome. not giving you credit, of course. And no, you know, that, no, that's not I didn't probably stole it from someone else. No, that's great. Yeah. So thank you for the podcast that you've done, uh, Bible in a Year. It's been just awesome. But I wanted to start off with a uh, question for you about retreat, this idea of retreat, the importance of retreat. We started off this podcast talking a little bit about the hectic world we live in. Everyone's doing sports in school. And it's not only important for teenagers now, I think, especially to go on retreat and to just have some silence, but it's also very important for adults, I think as well, because we all just yeah. feel like we're underwater. I, myself, we just had our first baby, uh, three weeks. Oh, wow. Ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Gabriel Michael is his name. So Michael, there you go. Name. Strong name. Great. Um, yeah. After the archangels, though, not after yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm so offended. <laughs> but uh, could you talk to us a little bit about this idea of retreat and the importance of retreat and maybe tie it in to your personal life? Like how you as a priest find time to go on retreat and to get away from the world and spiritually recharge? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I think, as you already highlighted, the fact is that so many people um, who work in ministry just give pour themselves out and don't necessarily take the time to allow the Lord to fill them. The soul, the apostolate, <laughs> if you're interested in a book that will convict you on every page when it comes to those who are serving and those who are ministering about the need to attend to one's own soul, about the need to listen to the Lord's voice. Uh, if you want to be, have, be convicted on every page, the book, the soul of the apostolate will do that for you. But one of the things with that is before even talking about retreats specifically, like a big retreat, like a weekend retreat or week-long retreat. I think it's interesting that we're called to retreat every day in some ways, small ways, right? Not in the massive ways where it's like the day is the every day of the day off. But the first question I have to ask is, especially when I take it and use it in terms of like vacation. There's some people who are just like, I just can't wait. I'm just, I'm holding on. I'm just holding on to have a vacation. But sometimes people are like that in ministry. I'm just holding on to have this retreat that I'm just going to collapse. And I have to say, that in some ways that would be a good def description of myself. We would, I would just go all semester. And then what would happen is, cause I'm on the semester schedule working at the university campus and then working youth minister or youth ministry for high school students in junior high. And then like right after they would leave, I would go to a silent retreat and sleep for 16 hours a day on the silent retreat. And just, that was enjoyable. It was great to sleep like that. But, uh, but the reality of course, is that that's unsustainable and I, I realize it's in the last few years I, that I haven't done that in a really long time, that I've been trying to build more moments of retreat into my daily life. And it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be half the day, 
doesn't have to be, I, I know some people who like once a month, they'll say, yeah, I have a whole day retreat. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That's uh, not what I'm doing. I, maybe I shouldn't do that. But those daily consistent times of prayer where it's just, again, okay, being reconnected with the Lord and I'm not actually showing up to prayer with any agenda. And that's probably the key for those of us who are in ministry is that I go on retreat with an agenda. I show up to prayer with an agenda. I read the Bible with them. I'm, I'm just like, oh, Lord, speak to me. Why? Because I want to speak to others. Like kind of that sense of I show up with the idea of where am I going to give as opposed to remembering that the Lord hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't, he, when he looks at you, sometimes he shares the mentality that when God knows he's already got me. So like he's moved on to others as opposed to, no, he is still pursuing your heart. He's still trying to woo you and he wants to do that every day. So before big retreat, I'd say, the daily retreat is so important, whether that is your 20 minutes or your holy hour or whatever that thing is. It's just, I, I can't just rely upon that a couple of days away every so often to be the source of my spiritual life. You were speaking to my heart right now, because truly, because I've worked in and out of ministry. I worked in a diocese for a while. I've worked in parishes. I've taken teens to Steubenville. And I remember specifically one talk I was giving at the diocese out in Baker, Oregon, I was giving a talk on prayer and about halfway through the talk, I realized I haven't prayed in two weeks. Yeah. And yeah. It wasn't, a, of course I prayed daily because it was my job. I'm at the diocese office. Yeah. We have mass every day. We have the divine mercy chaplet at three every day. I'm leading holy hours pretty much three times a week with different youth groups and different things. So I, this is really speaking to me. And I think it's probably speaking largely to our audience, this idea of we need consistent retreat throughout the weeks, because if we wait for just that one retreat moment, we're going to be completely burnt out. And that retreat isn't going to give us what it maybe could give us if we had taken time slowly throughout the days. Yeah, I think that's so important. It's easy to make when you work in ministry, it's easy to make ministry your job, like yeah. religion, your job. <laughs> God, your job. And that's a really funky place for God to be when he becomes like part of your paycheck. <laughs> so. Yeah. But even though we do that with our, our with the teams, we do it with when it comes to a Superbowl conference, it's, hey, this is not the only time you get to talk with the Lord. That, uh, that Saturday night adoration is not the only time you get to go to adoration. And we try to remind them of that. And so often it's true, but I think we all need to be reminded of it at times. Yeah. I, I once heard it said that the two kind of keys to prayer are honesty and consistency. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit like practically, because you mentioned that we need to be honest and consistent here with rest, with retreat, like on a weekly basis, daily basis. What's some practical advice you could give to those listening and also to any of the teenagers that might be watching this later in their youth groups? What's some practical advice you could give for like how to get in some of that prayer time or how to get in some of that rest throughout the day? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. I think sometimes the answer, we all know the answer. So these are just maybe reminders rather than here's the, the life hack or the, the secret to it. But one of the things I'm such a big advocate for is to decide ahead of time. Sometimes we'd say, oh yeah, I want to pray tomorrow. That's great. When? I don't know. I, maybe I'll fit it in, in the morning. If I don't fit in the morning, I'll do it in this after this class or whatever the things. And that's not bad, but there are better ways to do it. And the, I think the, the best way to do it is to say, okay, what, when is my prayer time? Just have that decided so you don't have to. We have this decision fatigue that happens to all of us. There's also a commitment phobia that happens to all of us and fear of missing out happens to all of us. And 
uh, when it's time to do the thing, if I haven't already decided that I was going to do it at this moment, there are a bunch of reasons to avoid that. And so one thing I think is number one is to decide ahead of time, when am I going to pray? And in that, to be as gracious with yourself as possible, like to be as truthful about yourself as possible. So if I say I'm going to pray every morning, um, but I have to do it at five or else 5 a.m. or else I'm not going to do it. Okay. Unless you're going to bed at seven or eight, you're not going to do it at five either because, <laughs> because that's what's a day or it's a time you can pray that isn't, you don't just pray it on your best day. You can pray it on your normal day. That this, this is the kind of prayer you'd get in even on your average to below average day. And so just that, so work with yourself, right? Work with your weaknesses, your struggles. And so if you're not a morning person to say, I'm going to get up 30 minutes early, maybe it's possible, but it might not be as humble as you need to be. It might have to be a different time. So to, to decide ahead of time, this is what I'm going to break. And also knowing that, okay, after two weeks of that, I can reevaluate re and change it if I want. But to give yourself at least as a little season, a little mini season where it's like, this is the time when I pray, not just, okay, I'm going to try that tomorrow. I was, I'll probably try to pray at 7.30 tomorrow morning, whatever time it is, and then see how it goes. Like, no, to choose a time that you think you can do it on your average day and shoot for that for two weeks. For my experience, I, I, the rosary was really important to me in my conversion, in my initial life with the Lord. And over, over time, there's other prayers that get introduced, right? Liturgy of the Hours at, at Max, Alexa would be in it, all these other kind of prayers that were great as well. And at one point, a couple of years ago, I was really convicted that Our Lady, whenever she appears, she says, pray the rosary. So I thought that's a nice suggestion. But then I realized, wait a second, it's God sending Our Lady in these apparitions. Uh, so he's, his message through her is, hey, pray the rosary. So it ceases to be optional anymore. So I thought, wow, I'm really convicted. Still though, I was convicted of this is a really nice idea or a really good idea. And until, but the, what happened is, but if I'm tired today, well, I'm just going to skip it. And I don't know how long ago it was, maybe a year ago. So even pretty recently, but a year ago, I said, you know what, for this month, I'm not going to skip it. Like for this month, even if I'm tired, I'm still going to do it. And it was so like, you think about how restrictive that could be. It was so freeing because the choice has already been made. And that was just the sense of, okay, for the next one, I don't care how tired I am or busy I am. We're going to do this. And there were times when I had to leave the house, walk around the block, to pray in the rosary, because I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep if I don't do it like this. But it was so actually freeing to have decided already for the next month, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. So I think that's not being a slave driver to yourself. I think what it's being is it's saying, okay, how can I do, what can I do on an average day? But then I'm going to stick to this for a season and then see how it goes. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of practical sense. I, I think of we started budgeting in our family and it's the same thing where it's, it's just very practical. It's, we're going to stick to this budget and it opens us up. It gives us actually a freedom because it says, yeah. okay, before we might have said, oh, we can't spend money on that because we don't have the money. But now that we know there's a certain amount of money for this thing, we can go to that thing. And it's, it seems very similar with prayer. It's this is the time. And I know I'm going to do it this time. And it opens up more of that freedom. That's beautiful. I love that. I, I love the analogy too with budgeting because you're deciding ahead of time. Yeah. And then, and then here's the moment of truth. Now the moment of truth is, okay, am I going to say is this the, the, the max we have for groceries this week? Or are we going to kind of fudge with it? Yeah. You could get to the end of the month and be broke and you could get to the end of the month and not pray it at all, but yeah. we're hoping 
that we, we get to the end and we prayed every day. Yeah. So let's tie this back a little to the Steubenville conferences. How did you get involved with the Steubenville conferences? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. And I'm so excited because I thought, wow, it always takes me back to that question is how I got involved will never, I don't, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. I had never been to a conference before, before I was ordained a priest. I wish I had been. I would go completely. I wish they existed. Sorry, they existed, but I wish that I had access to them when I was a teen or even a college student. My first conference I ever went to, I was, it was at St. Thomas, University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I was accompanying a group of teens from our diocese who were going to it. And I think this is how it went on Friday night. Someone came up to, from the conference, came up to me and said, Father, we got your name from somebody. Would you mind, we, we, we don't have a priest for tomorrow morning's mass. Would you mind giving the homily um, at the conference tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And they said, the topic's on the Eucharist. I'm like, that's my favorite topic. I think I gave a, I know right now that there's a, they're pretty strict. Keep your homily to this length. This, this was a, this was a long one. It was really long, but nonetheless, but they asked me last minute, which again, now, like the conferences, it's been prayed through. It's been planned out for months in advance. And I could not imagine anyone like at a conference now saying, here's a random priest who happens to be here. We heard that you might be able to give a homily. Could you do that? So that's the first invitation I ever had was at St. Thomas. And then the next year, over the course of the next year, they said, would you want to be available for other conferences? And I said, I'd love to. And so the next summer they assigned, they went through this process where they had, when the, with the priests, they had uh, two priests on the team. And so my senior priest one year was Father Dave Pavanka. And so he was showing me the ropes, which is like, oh my gosh, how, what a great gift. And the other priest, the next conference was Father Jose and another incredible gift of just here are these two priests, incredible men of God who just, who also knew conferences, like they knew like the spirit of the conference, very different people, obviously, mm -hmm. but, but just like, just be able to learn from them was the next two summers or next two conferences. And uh, yeah, it just, it's been such a gift ever since. And I'm sure they'll th they're thankful to have you as well, because I just remember even going as a kid. There's so many great things about the conferences. One of those great things are just to see really good Catholic people. Like I hate to even yeah. call them Catholic speakers. It's just, it's good people who love the Lord, who come in and can give some advice and give some, just give some help, some hope to the teenagers that are coming to these things. So thank you for doing that with Steubenville. What would be something that you would say to the people listening in the parish? If they're maybe thinking, I wonder if I should take a group. Maybe I've never been before. They've been before and they remember how exhausting it is to take a group. Yeah. They're thinking, should I take one back? What would be some advice that you would give to somebody who's on the fence and is thinking about it? So I, I'm a big advocate. I really, I have seen lives changed at this, at Steubenville conferences ever since that first one. I mean, actually before the first one, my siblings, were able to go on conferences before I ever was able to go assist with a conference. And I saw their lives changed. And I saw that my hometown is Brainerd, Minnesota. And Brainerd always takes, like, they don't go with us as a diocesan group because they like have so many students that they just built up this culture where they know this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to Steubenville. What it's going to do is it's going to unite a lot of the, the teens together. They have this shared experience, which is just such a gift. I don't know if those who are, are, who are participating in this, watching, listening to this, who do you really understand that? Oh, have you ever seen when the youth group comes together, when that community actually becomes a community? One of the things that helps that is not only a long bus trip, but also this shared experience of uh, encounter with the Lord. Secondly, is it, that group, again, from my hometown, they have 
so many students signing up for this thing that on one hand, older students, upperclassmen, a better term in high school have encountered the Lord and they're setting the tone and those younger students coming in and just being open because here are these older students who are just like, yeah, this is what we do. Not like in the sense of like the weird stuff this is what we do, but that sense of, yeah, we're free to pray here. We're free to actually love Jesus here. We're free to just, yeah, not be cynical and to truly be, to open to what God wants to do. I've seen that so many times and it's just conversion. Well, so what I'll say, I'm sorry, people, I'm, I'm all, I feel like I'm all, all over the place when it comes to unity, community, but also <clears throat> in so many ways, student conferences are an incredible spark. One of the, so uh, a couple of years ago, there was a study that was asking the question, how is it and why is it that so many young people, young Catholics leave the faith after they go to college, after they leave the home, whatever. And they, in order to answer the question, they went the reverse way. They said, what are the aspects? What are the occasions? What are the, the things that keep someone in? So we can look at all 80 to 90% who leave the church. What about those 10% that stay? And they look for the, what are the bright spots? And they found three bright spots. One was they had an adult that had best invested in them in a significant way um, from the church. Secondly, they participated in at least a weekly non-Sunday mass event in addition to the Sunday mass, but whether it's a youth group or religious ed or some Bible study. And third, they had some encounter with God as transcendent, but imminent, like some direct uh, contact with God, encounter with God um, as the God. And so I think about this and think about what is two biblical conferences afford? Will they afford an opportunity for adults to travel with teens and to form relationships, to be able to put them in a safe place with these adults in the, from their parish that hopefully those adults can, in a uh, safe environment, type out kind of way, just invest significantly in these teens. So an adult real relationship. Secondly, hopefully these teens, after they go away, would want to be part of that weekly Bible study, youth group, whatever that thing is. But third is here's this spark and that spark being this encounter with the Lord, whether that be an encounter with the Lord in confession, an encounter with the Lord in adoration, an encounter with the Lord, there's some kind of uh, direct prayer experience or even an encounter with the Lord through community. That can, that's a real thing as well. And so I think in so many ways, the student conferences check all the boxes for those bright spots of what at least makes a lifelong disciple of Jesus in the Catholic church possible. Yeah, I can personally relate to what you're saying. I, uh, you missed this part. I said this at the beginning, but I, I went to a student conference my freshman year, had a profound conversion there. I was one of those Catholics that knew about the faith, but didn't know God. Yeah. I knew the catechism, but I didn't know who that Jesus loved me personally. I loved the book, but yeah, profound conversion through that and just seeing throughout the years, the conversion that people have had. We're going to do a brief message from Steubenville. John's going to talk to us a little bit about the conferences. And then what I would like to do when we come back, and I'll give you the question now so you can slam it out of the park. Think about Think about one of your favorite moments of that you've witnessed conversion or somebody coming up to you at a conference and telling you a story of how it impacted their life. Maybe think of one of those moments and you can share that with us after John gives us a little bit more about the conferences. Thank you, Tommy. And I love the spark, Father Mike. That is so powerful because it is so true. When you go to a conference, when you retreat, you're looking for a spark. And for all of you listening and viewing our podcast today, if you would like to give your teens a powerful encounter with Jesus, 
help them grow deeper in their faith, and learn how to live in true freedom without fear, go to studentvilleconferences.com. Click on the 2022 Youth button, find the conference nearest to you, and register. Parents can attend either as a chaperone with their youth group, or they can register themselves with their teens if they don't have a youth group. Now, for those of you using the My Parish app today, especially parishes joining us today, we invite everyone listening today to download the My Parish app by texting APP to phone number 55321. The My Parish app is the best way to stay informed and sign up for all upcoming Steubenville conferences. You can also download the app by visiting your app store and search for My Parish, one word, My Parish app, or texting APP to phone number 55321. For all of us that are using these mobile devices today, uh, this is probably the easiest way to how to connect and stay connected with the conferences and any other information that is relevant to events throughout the year. Some other features within the app that you will explore would be the learn more as you navigate the about us button within the My Parish app. At the very bottom, you have the learn more and click on to request more information if you need more information from Studio today. So again, just visit My Parish app on your, this will be your Google Play for those Android users. And for Apple users, you can visit the App Store or just text APP to phone number 55321. Tommy? All right, Father Mike, what do you have for us? What's one of your favorite experiences of someone coming up to you and sharing a conversion moment or just how the retreat impacted them? Yeah, no, it's, it's such a good question because there are so many, there are so many. One of them would be, I remember encountering some students who at various times, different conferences, who would be wrestling or experiencing some of the wounds that just human beings have and some of the wounds that our culture says aren't wounds. Like, so just to say it out loud is having some both young men and young women coming up and talking about their experience of same-sex attraction. And, uh, and talking about that specifically and to be able to have relation conversation about that, it highlights a couple of things. It highlights how sensitive that we, you know, are called to be when we talk about those topics. It highlights that this isn't a concept. It's not an issue. It's not a topic. It's actually, it's a, a reality in so many of our young people's lives. It's not just something we need to fight against kind of a thing, but it's actually people we're fighting for. So having conversations with so many students about that in their lives has been profound, especially when there's this level of not antagonism, but just level of does the Lord love me? Do I have a place in the church? What do I do about these things? Those conversations have been gifts because there's an open openness at conference. Those conversations are gifts. And yet at the same time, there have been a number of times where I know of students who are now young adults who didn't just have a conversation uh, about that and didn't just kind of wrestle with that, but truly encountered Jesus as Lord at the conference, I think of one young woman, yeah, as a teen was in, in a same sex relationship was as her, in her late teens or into her twenties was even considering uh, marriage to this woman. And she encountered not only good youth ministers and people who have loved her well, but she encountered Jesus in such a profound way that her heart was given over to him. It's not, oh, you're healed of whatever attractions there are. That could happen. Like any healing can happen. But her experience was he won my heart. And because of that, he gets me first. And whatever he says, that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, 
And she just, in knowing her in these years since, she's just fallen deeper, more deeply, deeply in love with them. She serves the, the church. She, she serves people around her. But she, the above all thing is like this heart that, again, I'm not going to say it was healed of one of her attractions, but her heart was touched by the Lord in a way that changed the direction of her life in a really significant and what seems to be, I don't want to say permanent because we're all that amic, but in a very substantial way. And that's just because I think some, I, I bring that one up in particular because I think sometimes the temptation can be, well, as long as the other things in their life are, are fine, as long as the thing, other things in their life are not hugely uh, problematic or troublesome, then the encounter with Christ is, is going to work. But this was like, no, there's some troublesome things, right? There's some pains that don't go away. There's some wounds that aren't healed. And yet that encounter with Jesus is life-changing enough that she's like, no, Jesus gets me first. And so I'll continue to live my life, but I'm living it for him. Amen. That is why I've seen it. You've seen it. Everyone who's been to a Steubenville conference has seen it, that these teenagers are having this profound conversion, that it's not just a moment or a spiritual eye or a, we call it a retreat high or whatever you want to say, but it's like this profound conversion to the Lord, especially through the night of adoration, I think it's probably yeah. what people say is their favorite night of the whole conference. But this is why Steubenville does what they do and why we're so thankful to them because their mission, they put all this time and this money into this mission of conversion of souls, which is why it's so great to partner with the Steubenville conferences. As a speaker, how is it for you? I go around, I'm nowhere near the miles that you probably have on your, on your travel miles there, but I go around and I give some talks here and there sometimes, and it's very different doing a retreat as a speaker than it is as an attendee, as you know, what have been some things that have impacted you personally about the Steubenville conferences? Like, how is it to be a speaker at them? How does that kind of change the dynamic? And yeah. what has been a personal experience you've had with them? One of the things I love about the conferences, and so, so I, I will give Axumaville, here's how many, like they get, in so many ways, they get first dibs on my summer because I just am such a fan of the conference. I know what it does. I know it, it changes lives. And so that's one thing. But the other thing is that I, from the very beginning, being part of the team, has impacted my own life. It's where I, I, I actually would go to the conferences to not only be able to feed, but to be fed. And there's such a sense of camaraderie and brotherhood and sisterhood on the team, potentially. But I would say that some of my, my closer friends now are men and women that I've met on the team. And so every weekend that I get to be away and get to be on at one of the sites, and just to be able to be around people who live on mission, is just incredible. And uh, so I'm so grateful for that. And so every time I have an opportunity, I want to say, yep, so we'll conferences, you get my calendar first, uh, because it's just, it, it feeds me. Now, when it comes to <laughs> sometimes the, so there's a conference that I'm going to go into this summer, not as a speaker, but as an attendee, I'm one of the chaperones for our diocese. And I wanted to also be able to help <laughs> serve at this conference, but it just didn't work out logistically. And that can be somewhat problematic for me just right now. It's just, it's not to be whatever, but I'm like, yeah, I'm here with these, this group of 80 students from our diocese, but there's other students who, you know, from all the places that want to talk, which is great. It's wonderful. But for me personally, a little bit right now, it's, it can be a challenge to be able to be attending the conference with our own teens because there's other teens who want to say hi, which is a gift. It's a, I'm not complaining about it. So that's a, it's a unique experience because that's not what life is like here in my hometown. It's not like people are like, wait, clamoring to talk to me. 
it's more at a conference that that's the unique place where folks want to maybe say hi. When your podcast is number one on Apple for so long, you become a pastor to many, right? Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, it's, again, again, it's, it's, can't complain about that kind of thing. No, people, no, it's all great stuff, lives. but yeah, I'm sure that is a challenge that, because you want to pastor those that you're with very personally. Yeah. And you also don't want anyone to feel like they're falling through the cracks. If someone comes up and, and they're, they want to, even if they just want a picture, but if they want to say, thank you, like, I've been listening to this or this helped me get through whatever, how do you say, I'm sorry. I'm only talking to the people I came with. You don't want to say that because they, God loves all of them. I just, it's an incredible opportunity, but it's an incredible uh, invitation to try to be present, I guess. So speaking of podcasts, obviously we're on a podcast now. We have yeah. the iParish app for the Steubenville conferences. We talk a lot about technology and communications. What would you say as a priest? So kind of our idea here in partnering with the Steubenville conferences, the reason that we have the app at the conferences is so that when people go home, they can get really great Catholic yeah. content once they're home so that it doesn't become just this kind of spiritual high at the retreat and then they leave and nothing happens from it, but that they have this consistent prayer life that they can get from the app. They can set reminders. They can uh, do all the notifications. They can get messages from their parish. They can get great Catholic content from the app, like your homilies, for example. So that's the idea with partnering with the Steubenville conferences is to say, okay, when they go home, they have something that they can uh, use to further their faith. How would you say you've seen that work as a priest, this kind of bridge between technology and Catholicism? Yeah. And yeah, just how would you say that bridge has worked as a priest? What have you seen in your ministry? Some ups, some downs to it? I mean, it's funny because, so confession has some people come up with notebooks or a little piece of, pieces of paper. I, I can't tell you how many times someone's pulled out their phone and says, is it okay, is it okay if I use my phone? Like, yes, of course it is. <laughs> because they're using the, you know, my parish app or another yeah. kind of exact confession, examination of conscience. And to be able to have that accessible and really helpful, I've seen that. I've, I've seen people who would never be either be willing or able maybe to buy liturgy of the hours or the breveries. They have morning, daytime, evening prayer. They have that option. Same with the daily mass readings. Like it, so often. It's just, just for very little or no extra cost here are all of the, so many of the resources the church provides, but just boom, here it is right there. I think, and I've seen so many people even mentioning, here's the spark at the conference. One of the things that we'll talk about in our diocese and when we talk about ministry on campus, our ministry to the youth is we're looking for these moments where they've encountered the Lord and they could say, I believe in the Lord. Like, so I'm, I'm a convert to the Lord. But then a lot of times we think, okay, we won, we won them for the Lord. And now just go, as opposed to okay, now they need to be built like that. Now they need to be established in that. Even before they're equipped, they need to be established. And how do you get established? It's by living out of that relationship and living out of that encounter, not resting on like the, the experience or the memory of that encounter, but it's okay. That encounter started something. It started a relationship. And now how do I live out of that? How do I live that relationship? And so to establish, and that's why I think like the technology stuff can be so valuable because it's not, well, order this online, wait for it to come or your local Catholic bookstore. We have a local Catholic bookstore. Like it's, it's just, here's the iParish app. Here's that technology that has it right here. And on the drive home, we're going to show you, here's how we pray literally in the hours or even over the course of the weekend. I don't know how many times when we have seminarians with us, it's the best because seminarians, they always want to gather people together. We're praying night for the guys together, guys, come on. To get, get together and let's do this, that, that, that could be so beneficial and so helpful because it's not just about that encounter and that spark. It's then how do I get established in this life that um, I've been, I've been won over for? How do I get established in that relationship? 
And that's where these, this technology can make a huge difference. Yeah. It's really meeting people where they're active and listening. They're already yeah. on these, these platforms. They're already engaging in this type of software and these communications. And so why not bring Christ to them? That's yeah. the whole idea. I love that you mentioned confession. I always tell people, yeah, we have a confession partner app. It does everything except forgive your sins. So we're still working <laughs> on that part. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but, um, John, did you have any questions you want to end off here with, with father Mike before well, we absolutely. head out? We want to be cognizant of people's time here. Absolutely. We want to be cognizant of everyone's time, but father Mike, a parting question. What would you ask people to pray about when considering attending a Stuartville conference? I'd be really practical because I think the only reason a person wouldn't is if they weren't the right age. Like, okay, I'm junior high. Can I go? Like, probably not. Or I'm, you know, a senior citizen or whatever the thing is. There's other things, hopefully, for that. So practical things. And then also looking here at calendar. Yeah. So one of the, one of the questions we ask whenever youth ministers have good ideas, because we get together every month as a youth ministry in our diocese. And uh, we have some formation stuff. We have some prayer stuff with each other and we have some planning and, you know, executing some of the uh, plans we have come up with. When people have new ideas, one of the questions we have learned, we have to ask, is this just a really good idea or is this something that is necessary for us? Is this something that's like, oh, that's really, that would be great. Or is this something that you see as for your ministry, this is absolutely necessary, meaning that if we don't do this, our students will be missing out on something that is essential for them to take the next step forward. And one of the things we've, we found is because we, the reason for that is because if it's just a really good idea, we'll have youth ministers invite them to this. But then when some people say no, they're like, okay, it's too bad. I asked, no one wanted to do it. But if they think this <laughs> is necessary, it's like they follow up. The kids said no, so I'm asking mom and dad, you know, the, the, and they said no again, but I'm asking again because this is so important. I think Stupidville is like that. And so the only reason a person wouldn't, I think the only reason a person wouldn't do it is because, oh, we, we don't have a conference near us or we we're not ready to go this summer yet. But, but I, I think it's one of those e events that parishes could come to the conclusion. Okay. This is not just a really good idea for us to go to a student club conference. I think this is necessary. Mm -hmm. I think so what we, this is what, this is what our, our students need. Wonderful father. Beautiful. Thank you so much father for your time. We've enjoyed uh, spending time with you this afternoon and God bless you. God bless all you do. And we'll pray that God will continue to bless your ministry, offer strength. I always tell my children that they ask me every time is what do I pray for dad? What do I pray for? Four things is what we pray at this house. We pray for strength, wisdom, peace, and love. And so the four things that I always ask my kids, if you have all those four, if you really think about them, what else can you ask for? You know, <laughs> strength, awesome. wisdom, peace, and love. So in all you do, Father, we will pray that is uh, a part of you in your ministry and everything that you do and touch uh, moving forward. So thank you so much for your time, Father. Thank you. I'm really grateful. Grateful to you. For all of you still with us, and again, thank you, Father Mike, for joining us this afternoon. I'm excited to share with our listeners today a special discount code for uh, $20 off of any adult Steubenville conferences. All you have to do is visit uh, steubenvilleconferences.com, click on the 2022 adult link, choose the conference that most appeals to you and register and enter this coupon code. This is a fun one. Father Mike 2022, F-R-M-I-K-E-2022. <laughs> so if you're uh, visiting uh, steubenvilleconferences.com, the website, feel free to use this coupon 2022. This coupon may only be applied to the adult conferences. So do not use it under youth conferences. 
Again, register at studentvilleconferences.com. Or if you have any questions, feel free to contact the conference number, which is 866-538-7426. That number again, 866-538-7426. And for those of you using My Parish app, text APP to 55321. Click on the About Us button on the home screen. And for those of you that may have the app right now and you're asking yourselves, how do I get to the conference app directly? All you have to do is click on the hamburger button at the top left-hand corner of your app, click on the Find the Parish, and then look for St. John Bosco Conference, and that will take you directly to the page on screen. And for those of you listening to the podcast, just follow the steps, text APP to 55321. Tommy, thank you so much. Great to have you again on our podcast. And Father Mike, you, you're still with us. Thank you so much yes, for being thank with you. us. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for another great episode of the Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. You can find out about upcoming episodes if you go to diocesan.com slash podcast. You'll find everything you need to know about subscribing to the podcast. We're now streaming on Spotify. This just happened last week. So you heard that right. Feel free to visit our Spotify streaming uh, version of our podcast. So don't forget to like us and be sure to bookmark the page to check in often for future events. Thanks for joining us at Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. Please visit diocesan.com slash podcast to listen to today's recording anytime you'd like. And be sure to bookmark this page to check back often. We have some fantastic topics and speakers joining us this season, and you won't want to miss that. Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast is produced by Diocesan. For more information, please visit diocesan.com podcast. And don't forget to find and like us on social media at facebook.com slash diocesan publications. On behalf of the diocesan family, have a wonderful day and may God bless you all.